Health Radio with Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Guess what? The first installment of Motormouth Radio is finally here. Oh, I yeah. am Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. And uh, I want to uh, welcome you in and thank you for listening to News Talk 98.9 and our first Motormouth Radio a lot of excitement to uh, share with you about this. And here, here's kind of how this started. we got a lot to talk about. And uh, this is not only a car enthusiast show, but it'll be a show about information. It'll be a show about Bud's love for cars, mine as well, kind of how I got into cars. I'm more, I'm not more, I am just a novice. I'm just a, I'm a nobody when it comes to cars. Uh, but when Bud got here to News Talk 98.9, the roar of memphis we started talking and sharing stories about cars on 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 different levels and uh we realized hey man i think we got something here i've always wanted to do an automotive show bud started doing this thing called the Motormouth minute which is some awesome information and tips about cars and how you should care for your car things you should know about and we realized you know what we should do a show called the Motormouths and Motormouth radio so here we are today and uh i'm pretty excited to be here now Bud, first I want to uh, establish who you are to our audience and how you got to Memphis. You came here from Chicago, Illinois, and tell us a little bit about your background in automotive. Yeah, well, I I grew up uh, in my uncle's garage. My earliest memories were working on his cars. He had about seven cars in this garage uh, in Glen Ellen, where I grew up, which is a suburb outside of Chicago. And, uh, you know, he, he had a 1950 Willys that was his daily driver for like 25 years. And that's still to this day, his favorite car. Um, he left it to me actually when he passed and it's, uh, not one of my favorite cars, but, um, you know, we, we spent, uh, so much time working on him cause he was the kind of guy he wouldn't, he wouldn't take his car to a mechanic necessarily. He'd do it all himself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he always took me to car shows and my education was mostly around restoration and um, like classics and that kind of stuff, concourse kind of stuff. He never really had a car that was like that high level, but he loved them and that was all he ever wanted to talk about. And I mean, there are uh, different levels of the American love affair of automotive there are, as you said, uh, the restoration side of it, which a lot of people do. I, I'm not necessarily, I, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to find myself wanting to get into that, I think, a little more. But I've done I, I, what you just said. I realized a few years ago that I have an interest in repairing my own truck. I got a truck, and, I, and part of it was just actually curiosity about what I just became curious. You know, a lot of times when I, most people, when they hear a weird noise, they either forget about it and hope it goes away. Or turn the radio up. <laughs> turn the radio up. Uh, go faster. Roll up the windows so they don't have to hear the clicking or whatever it is. And, uh, and, and just forget about it. And I used to be that person. And then I started to realize I need to get under the truck and see what's wrong with it. And that's kind of how I started to uh, get interested in it and realize when I first started working on my truck that with uh, a little bit of knowledge and, you know, some uh, some of the right tools, I could do some basic things beyond just oil changes. And, you know, I think it's important to establish here at Motormouth Radio that we as the Motormouths aren't here to teach you how to fix your car. We're here to share our knowledge and our experience with it from a couple of different levels. And that's what's important to know about this show. And hopefully you get some information that will uh, encourage you to uh, know more about your car, how it works, what you need to do when you need to do it. And there are things that you can do uh, for sure on your own. 
Yeah, the uh, I got to tell you, like the uh, my my major thing is when I moved down here to Memphis, I realized that the, there's not as big of a car culture as other cities I've lived in. Especially, I mean, Chicago, it's hard to compete with. It's a huge car culture in that yeah. city. But um, I think just kind of in a general sense, there's not enough people who appreciate how cool it is that we get to you know jump into a three thousand pound metal machine and haul down the road at sixty miles an hour every day. It becomes such a mundane background part of our lives, but it's such a cool thing we get to do all the time. I love it. What do you? What was the difference? What was the biggest shock for you uh, when you got here to Memphis from living in Chicago when it came to the roads, the the cars, and this this the whole scene? Was it that that you realized when you got here you were surprised that there wasn't as many car enthusiasts or car clubs? Yeah, I didn't see a lot of like you know cars that turn your head. I didn't yeah. see a lot of that uh, unless it was something falling apart, but. Uh, the, uh, that's everywhere anyway. But the, uh, the other thing was what really stood out to me was I saw a lot of cars from the nineties, uh, up in Chicago. And we call it the rust belt up there. Um, after a car reaches about 20 years old, it's pretty much either off the road or in the garage it only comes out for car shows, that kind of thing. So yeah. you don't really have these cars rotting away because of all the salt on the road, they, they last longer. And if you're not putting a lot of miles on it, you'll, you'll, you'll drive a car for 30, 40 years. Well, I'll tell you what's amazing. When I got to Memphis, I had been here before I left, went out on the West coast for a dozen years, came back. And one of the first things that caught my eye when I got here was all the junk on the roads. Yeah. All the loose junk that had fallen off cars and all the car and all the junk that was still driving on the roads around here and we'll get into that a little bit later on the show about <laughs> we got plenty to cover in that department memphis will drive just about anything and why is that well there's actually a really good reason for it there's a couple of good reasons and we'll get into that here a little bit later this hour as uh, we spend the next hour talking about everything automotive we are the Motor Mouths here on Motor Mouth Radio. Coming up, I want to, as we get into Labor Day weekend, we are into Labor Day weekend. Um, U.S. News has announced the best car deals for this weekend. If you are looking to buy, they have found a list of, uh, of brand name cars that actually are at a better price this weekend than other times. We'll go over that list. We're also going to go over our first cars. Because that's what people always remember the most, the very first car you had. And why it was so special for myself and for Bud to have the first cars we have. And also, how many cars do we own? Because that also says a lot about car enthusiasts. That's coming up on Motormouth Radio. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. Motormouth Radio with Ditch and Bud. The car, right? Chicks love the car. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Oh, yes. The chicks dig the car, man. Yeah, they do. Especially when it's a Batmobile. <laughs> it's all about the car. We are the Motormouths. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And welcome to Motormouth Radio, the first installment here on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. So uh, one thing that we want to make sure that we convey every week is uh, this this uh, Motormouth Radio and the Motormouths here, this is going to be all about information. Information for not only the car enthusiasts, but for just the everyday uh, uh, driver. Every, everyday driver. That's right. Um, and uh, so there's always going to be some information. And I, I think it's important to say if you are in the market for a new car, U.S. News and Report has announced this week in their edition of Labor Day weekend. One of the best times to shop for a new car. One of the one of the can be one of the most stressful experiences of car ownership is finding the car to buy. And then after that comes bills and, you know, it's like, oh, great. Then we got the, we talk about maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. The maintenance thing. Oh, that's that's that, too. Then there's always that, you know, oh, it's great. No finance, no payment for the first 60 days. Then no, the payments start to hit and you're like, oh, man, I love this car. But so here it is. U.S. News and Report says um, this weekend, if you're on the hunt for a new car, th- these are the models that you should look for. Uh, um 
a 2022 Honda Civic. You're starting to see the 2022s roll. So that means the 21 models are going to have to, they're going to got to make some room. Uh, number two on the list is a 2021 Honda HRV. I have never been a Honda fan, not because of anything under the hood, just because the body styles of Hondas have never been attractive. I mean, we're talking about attractive. That's a different story, but I've been a fan of Honda just because they, they make bulletproof transmissions and their, their cars last. Hyundai Sonata is uh, the 2021 model. The Hyundai Venue uh, also. Hyundais are, are th- these are also cars that will last, f- what, seven, eight, nine, ten years with, with little to no maintenance? It, it's so hard to put a year on it because it just depends on how they're driven at that point. Like the car itself, it'll last, but if it, it really depends on the owner and how they take care of it. Uh, also on the list for the best deals this weekend, a 2021 Kia Forte. I see, see but I'm also one. Of, I'm old school. I I have a hard time finding myself driving a car called a Forte or a Venue. Well, I I, I can talk about why here shortly. When, okay, when it comes good. To- okay. Uh, also on the the best deals this weekend, according to U.S. News and Report, a 2021 Lexus LC 500. Let's see. That's got some. That's got some some strength to the name of it. A 2021 uh, Lexus UX, uh, the Nissan Murano, and also rounding out the list of the best deals on car lots, according to U.S. News this weekend, is the Toyota Avalon. Oh, so yeah, the Avalon. So that actually that, that that's a good opportunity for me to bring up like one of my core philosophies. I figured this out during my years as a mechanic, um, as I dealt with different customers and. Uh, what I've determined is there's basically I got two categories of car owners. You got people that own appliances and you got people that own toys or like pets. There's some subcategories, but really it comes boils down to these two. And you got folks that, you know, they're not they're not enthusiasts. They're not they don't love their car. It's it's like the refrigerator. It's like their their dishwasher. It's another it's a piece of their life yeah, function. It's another appliance yep. that they they buy to make their life easier and they they got to have it. And that, and that's and, and don't get me wrong, perfectly valid. Not everyone's going to be an enthusiast. And they a lot of, you know, you got your Honda Civics, your your um your uh your Toyota Camrys and Hyundai the Elantras. The Kia Forte Again, that's, yeah. that's uh, th- Those, these are cars. These are cars for people who just I just want it to work. I need to get right. I need to get that's, to work at home. I don't need to think I need about to get it. groceries, and I don't want to have to think about. It. I'll take it to I'll take it to the mechanic once a quarter to have it have the maintenance done, and I don't want to have to think about it beyond that. The other category, which and which I think you fall into, because you said you couldn't see yourself driving these. You want something more fun and exciting, and you know you got you, you got folks like myself. I want something that's more more fun, exciting. You give you give the car a name. It's like a member of the kind of like a pet. You know, it's like a member of the family. You care about it. You'll save it in a fire. The, the kid calls you, Dad. I was just in an accident. Is the car okay? Oh, thanks for asking about me. Well, you made the phone call, so you're fine. How was the car? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. People who name their cars, and that will be a whole other episode of Motormouth Radio for sure. I mean, I, I have never given my my cars pet names. All my, all my cars have names. So uh, let's talk about this because you moved here from Chicago, working at News Talk 98.9. We discovered, as we said, uh, that we both have uh, a commonality here. We both like the band Nine Inch Nails. You much more than I do. Oh, I'll uh, but go off on that. Wrong show. Also, <laughs> uh, we both have an interest in cars. And that's why we put together Motormouth Radio. And uh, uh, one of the most important things is your first car, the first car you have. Before we get to that, though, I want to know how many cars do you have? Right now, six. And how, where where are they all? So I still got some up in Chicago. Um, so when my when my uncle Ted, shout out to Ted, greatest dude ever, when he passed, he left he um, basically left me all the cars and the tools and everything in the in his garage. 
Um, the two of them specifically. He left me his 1950 Willys, which was his favorite car, and then he left me a 1964 Mercedes 230 SL, which I'm, I'm sad to say I had to sell. I didn't have the means to restore that thing, and uh, the guy I sold it to said he was going to spend like 80 grand on it, so I was like, okay, dodge the bullet with that one, but uh, I, I had started collecting a few of my own. Uh, I I still have my first car, which was my, I got a 1972 AMC Matador station wagon. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, it's got that same 304 V8 they were putting in the uh, the CJ Jeeps back in the back in the 70s. And um, uh, that's my that's my wagon. I, I love that car, despite all its failings, which, I, again, we'll, we'll take a whole episode to cover that. But uh, um, that that's just been like, I was in high school, I was 17 when I got that car. And a lot of these, you know, you talk, you talk early 2000s, people were driving again, Hondas and stuff like that. And I, and I had like a, a hole in the exhaust and the thing was janky and I absolutely loved it. So, um, that's the other thing is your first car. What was your first car? And you said you, uh, you were given a Willys. Uh, yeah, that was later. Of course that was, we, I used to ride in that thing as a kid, but, uh, my uncle, uh, passed back in 2016 and he left me that one. Uh, and do you, does that still operable? I mean, you still keep it maintained? You drive it? I it's, mean, obviously uh, you don't use it as your daily, but. I drove it for a while and uh, right now it needs a carburetor, a fuel tank and another laundry list. It needs tires, things like that. Um, it needs some work. So that one's kind of on the back burner. I spent all my, uh, the last two years working on, uh, I got, I actually got a Mazda Miata with my nephew and uh, he's been driving that and he loves it. And we, uh, we did a ton of work on that. And um, I actually, I put it on, on, uh, on uh, YouTube uh, under the name Thority's Garage. Um, I'll put that out on the Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Bud Motormouth. So my first car, and for no other reason than it was just my dad gave it to me and uh, it was means of transportation to get to and from the meat market when I was in high school, was an AMC Gremlin. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what my dad's deal with was with AMC cars, but he got my sister an AMC Pacer, and it wasn't – it was the – the Wayne's World color scheme. It was that blue, but he had a... No uh, flames on it, I imagine. No flames on it, but he had it two-toned. He had... Uh, the second tone was like a pearl white. And he... this I mean, he put some money into, into fixing this thing up. Well, you have or, to. Or, or not AMC. fix it up, but... Yeah. <laughs> so it was so funny because I remember that, a, that the gremlin that I had, and it was such a piece of junk. And I think... The only reason I got rid of it, if I remember correctly, is I was T-boned at a traffic light in that thing. And, um, I remember the, it was a gray gremlin with a hatchback and that hatchback would never stay closed. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) gremlins have such a weird following too. They make V8 kits for that car. And like, they have shows where it's just, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, like the Beatles to a much like, like the, the Volkswagen Beatles to a much lesser extent. (laughs) But what, you don't see gremlins or pacers at all anymore. Last time I saw a gremlin was at a demolition derby in Seattle, Washington. Oh, wow. It was 12 years ago. And it was, it was like a gremlin smash up race. I I tell you, I've dealt with a lot of car clubs and the AMC clubs. and, And for anyone listening, AMC is American motor company. They, they went out of business in 1988. We can go into a whole history lesson, but if you're just wondering what we're talking about, the pacer, the, pa- the pacer, yeah. the, the pacer was like their their economy answer, you know, because you got the seventies, the the uh, great gas crisis and all that, and uh, AMC just couldn't keep up, and the pacer was not a good competitor for like the Toyotas and mm. and those coming out. Well, wasn't the pacer? Um, uh, it was part of AMC, and that was like their their wasn't that their big seller. I mean, that was what, well, the AMX was like, that's the one that survived. And yeah, what I was getting into was the, I've dealt with a lot of these car club and uh, car clubs and the AMC clubs just aren't, 
they just don't have as big of a, a following anymore. And uh, I think that they're honestly, they seem to be like the most apathetic uh, car enthusiasts because, you know, you get guys that love their Chevys, LS swap everything, let's lower mm-hmm. it. And, all, and there's all kinds of aftermarket parts for them. But the AMC guys are just like, yeah, it was my dad's. You know, I still have it. Keep it clean. Take it to shows. That's all. <laughs> well, the the AMC Pacer was was manufactured from seventy five to eighty. They actually had five years on a manufacturing line. Uh, and they were they were like the alternative Coke formula. They were it was just one of those automotive mistakes. It was like, and I think it was also the the other. You know, we get into this. The other automotive mistake was the mid nineties uh, Ford Mustang, which is a completely other uh, motor mouth episode. But. Uh, the AMC Pacer, my sister had one. She hated it. She was embarrassed to drive around. Was it, it was it stick or did it have the column shift? It, no, it was a column shift. Yeah. <laughs> just remember, she was so embarrassed in that thing. And then uh, uh, I went from that. So the Gremlin was my first car. I got T-boned at an intersection. Then I got a Jeep. My dad gave me a Jeep CJ7 Renegade, 1983 awesome. Had model. the 4.0 in it? Yes. That's, I think, the better option. They had the V8s, but it was only like 8,000 made with the V8s. But the inline six, that's like the best thing to come out of AMC is that inline six engine that, that they were manufacturing. So Jeep was part of AMC? Yes. So, um, yeah, AMC, AMC owned Jeep. And then uh, in 1988, uh, Chrysler bought out AMC to acquire the Cherokee. They needed a midsize, uh, a midsize SUV to compete in the market, and they phased out all the other product lines. The Eagle and the uh, there was the Hornet, you know, those yeah, four wheel the drive. Hornet. They had oh, a yeah. Jeep chassis under there. Oh wow! Um, but they and then they fuel injected that 4.0 inline six, and then that was like the best move they made. I still drive. I still have a Cherokee. That's one of the. That's one of my. Uh, collection. I'll never sell that thing. I love it. It's, it's only got the four cylinder, but it's basically the same engineering, yeah. uh, just two two fewer cylinders. Well, that was my uh, that was my prize. I went through uh, later years of high school in my Jeep CJ7 man, the Renegade. It, we took the decal. Manual or was it, it, automatic? it was automatic, but we took the, the decals off of it, got it repainted to a custom gold, and I put of all things the decal from the Firebird. Uh, in the Cannonball Run movie that oh, he yeah. had on the Firebird hood. Oh, I yeah. got one of those decals. I don't know why or how, but I put it on my Jeep CJ7. We're coming back. It's Motormouth Radio. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. Motormouth Radio with Ditch and Bud. You don't need a license to drive a sandwich. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Motormouth Radio, I am Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. Welcome How appropriate back. we get the uh, uh, thing about driving a sandwich right after we talk about AMCs. <laughs> Our first cars. Talking about it here on Motormouth Radio. This is the first episode and the first installment of many to come, I hope. Now listen, here's, here's what I want you to do. If you are a car enthusiast, or if you have a question about your car, if you're not a car enthusiast, as Bud mentioned earlier, there are two kinds of car owners. There's the people who are really into cars. Well, there's more than two, but primarily. And then there's those who just need their car to get them from point A to point B. And you don't even pay attention to your car until it makes a strange noise. If you have a question about anything like that, um, uh, you want to ask us, you can always text it. Our Rick's Powder Coating text line is... Uh, 683-0989. 683-0989. That's the Rick's Powder Coating text line. You can always email us. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at Bud Motormouth. And uh, if you have information about an upcoming event, we're talking about one of the, the key components to Motormouth Radio as we build this is going to be, uh, we're, we want to be the mouth 
the mouths of car shows. So if you've got a car show coming up, an event around cars, rat rod show, I don't I don't care what it is. If it's in, if it involves automotive, we uh, want to hear about it. We want to hear about it. Bud came here from Chicago. And how often would you go to a car show? Oh, man, I was spoiled in Chicago because uh, I was out in the burbs and there was a car show every night. Uh, I mean, it even got better uh, when I came back from the Navy and, uh, you know, you had Facebook and people would organize meetups just out of nowhere. But, uh, you know, I could go to a different a different car show every night if I wanted to. And then there were some major shows that had trophies and stuff like that. Um, You know, shout out to the Oak Brook show, the classic car club over there. They I mean, amazing one of a kind cars that I just I'm still Love it. One of one of the upcoming shows that I know of here in Memphis is uh, coming up on October 23rd at the Summer Drive-In, the Malco Summer Drive-In. It's called Cars on Main. And uh, that event, again, is uh, October 23rd. You can find more information on their Facebook page, Cars on Main. I'll be there. A lot of good information. They also are involved in a fundraiser, Cars on Main Memphis, a, a deal where they're trying to put together enough money to get a van with a lift in it for a kid who's in a wheelchair. Oh, okay. And those those, those those retrofitted, specially fitted vans uh, for people who need mobility, uh, like this young man, those things are expensive. Yeah, and you know what? I want to hear from uh, from a shop that can handle it. Because back when, back when I was at a shop, we had a guy come by with one of those, and we couldn't get it in the air. They're so low to the ground. That unless you you have the right kind of lift, you can't even service it. So they're they're hard to get serviced as well. So that's important. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, if you we have, couldn't even get it up the ramps on our like we had like a, a spe- like the drive on lifts, yeah. not just the ones with the uh, the posts, and uh, we, it just wouldn't clear it. So um, you know, I want to hear from a shop that can that can service a vehicle like that for sure. So cars on Main Memphis, their Facebook page at last post, which was August 29th that I saw on this, they have a, uh, a donation. They're at about a $5,000 donation level, but that's just the tip of the iceberg for one of these specialty fit vans for this young man. And uh, they're hoping to reach their goal by October 23rd. It would be awesome. So you can find more information about it again on their Facebook page, cars on Main Memphis. And I'll go uh, ahead and retweet that as well. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And the next event that's got coming up is uh, October 23rd at uh, Malco Drive-In Theater. Uh, and, you know, when we think about car clubs, I know that the, the you think traditionally of, oh, the Corvette Club or, you know, the Camaro Club, but uh, there are a lot of smaller groups in and around the Mid-South that I know, and it's, it's such an inclusive thing. That's kind of another thing that I want you to use Motormouth Radio for is to get the word out and help spread the word about your club if you got one. Again, if it's uh, if it's something that's all about restoration, if it's something that in, involves newer cars, because I know there's a lot of Camaro clubs around here. Yeah, as long as you love cars, that, that's the thing about, about it. You said it's really inclusive. Yeah, because as long as you love cars, I mean, that, that's what's so great about it. You go, that's what the best part of car shows is every car has a story. Mm-hmm. And you go up, you make friends, and it's all, you know, let me just tell me what's going on with this car, you know, and, and, and I, I love it. I love hearing about it, you know, it's, you know, this was originally bought by this guy. He drove it every, you know, to work. And then it sat in his garage for 10 years until his son sold it. And, you know, they, they, they end up, you know, it was lived in Florida for 10 years, whatever. It's just, there's always, there's always a cool story behind a lot of these cars. And you can email the information if uh, you choose. It's events at Newstalk989.com, events at Newstalk989.com. And we'll, uh, we'll get it on here on Motor Mouth Radio in an upcoming episode. Now, we were just talking a few minutes ago about first cars that we've owned. I had a Jeep, a Renegade uh, CJ7 
There was also the CJ5, and I never really knew the difference between the two and what the CJ7 and CJ was all about. What is that about? Yeah, I never, I honestly never went, really went into it. The CJ7 came later. Yeah. I think it was just offered with more, um, with like the larger engine, but I might, I might be wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to back I, myself. I'll tell you. It is funny though. I did realize though that we, you and I have that in common. Our first car was an AMC. Our second car was a Jeep. Because my, my second car was a 92 Jeep Cherokee, and uh, I loved that thing because it had that 4.0 in it, that, yeah. that, that 9.6, but it was only two-wheel drive, so it was like 400 pounds lighter, and that thing would move. So, but in what year did uh, the Cherokee go from the box style to the rounded body style? I was a uh, 95 or 96, yeah, I want to so say. Yeah. I have a 98 now, and that's the rounded style. I don't like the rounded style. I, I, I have looked for a box style Cherokee, and they're hard to find. Uh, they're, uh, I kind of think they're like I mean, everywhere, but it no, just depends I mean, on the condition. That's what I'm talking about. One that's drivable and in decent condition that's not cheap. Or I mean, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of them are selling at about 200,000 miles because I mean, that's how my mine's got 206. I rebuilt the motor at, uh, at 167. It had a blown head gasket, and I said, forget it. I'll just rebuild the motor. Why not? Right. But uh, they'll, the, the drivetrain on those things will easily last 300,000. Again, if you take care of it, I always have to put that caveat in there. So we know that, uh, you know, I mean, Lee Iacocca took over Chrysler. That was uh, struggling, struggling. And when he came in to take it over, he introduced the world to the minivan, which single-handedly saved that company from completely going down the toilet. Uh, and that was post uh, 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 the AMC stuff. I mean, they were all co- uh, part of a conglomerate. Now I have a Dodge. Uh, I have a Dodge Ram, which right. now is not. Now it's Ram is a completely yeah, separate, they separated. They yeah. separated like seven so years ago. I didn't Chrysler know Chrysler has been through has had such a turbulent history ever since they were like merged with uh, Mercedes. It was uh, a Daimler Chrysler, mm-hmm. and then uh, they were sold to Fiat in 2014. And Fiat flipped the tables on the engineering team. So, uh, like the the new Jeeps, they're really cool. I'm not a big fan of that in that, that V6 they put in them. And uh, the, there's and then the uh, the Patriot, I'm not a fan. That is that is one of my least favorite cars on the road. And, and the the, Rene- the Renegade's basically a Fiat 500s See, with different badges. I, I'm with you. I, I when the Patriot is uh, of no interest to me. The, uh, that, was, that was the first Jeep I, got. I went to the Chicago Auto Show. It was the first Jeep I ever got in, and I was like, well, this doesn't feel like a Jeep. <laughs> and you know, you, like if, you, if you've driven a Wrangler, if you've driven a Cherokee, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And there, there's a, there, I was also say this, there's like an attitude, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, people who, Jeep owners, real Jeep owners, uh, who, who, who use their Jeeps for more than just getting point A to point B, and that's right. most Jeep owners, they really take a lot of pride in their Jeeps. And oh, they love it. It's like Harley. It's like if you own a Harley. When I used to when I used to ride a Harley, you see another uh, guy who owns a Harley on the road, you give him that nod. Uh-huh. It's the yeah, same thing. The Jeep wave. Just the Jeep wave, which I always said I would never wave to somebody else who's driving the same kind of car as yeah, I. Yeah, there was like they <laughs> were like when that when the new um, JKs came out, the big four doors. It was like there were these guys who you don't wave to those guys. <laughs> Those aren't real Jeeps. What are you doing? You know, and it's like, it's like, why not? They're, you know, it's fine. They're, uh, but you know, what's, what's funny is I never was, I never was one to like get down with the gang, you know, like no Ford man all day, no Chevys ever. I, I'm really much more specific. You know, if it's, if it's got that Ford, the, uh, the five, four Triton, not going to buy that car, but you know, I've, I've got one of each. I've got a Ford, I've got a Chevy, I've got a Chrysler and I have an AMC. So I just need a Tesla and that'll round out all my, I'll have all the American brands. Do you, well, out of those that you just mentioned, because you've got the big ones, uh, what is your favorite? Uh, probably my 2003 Mercury Marauder. That was my gift to myself when I got out of the Navy. I, I, I was looking for a big, cool, heavy sedan, and that was, that I had to have it. I flew down to Florida to buy it. The Ford Mercury. Yeah, uh, Mer- Mercury Marauder. Marauder. So, so um, you know, think uh, Crown Victoria, but with the Mustang Mach 1 motor in it, and like, 
all the luxuries. It's a big and car. It's huge. I love it. It's it weighs uh, forty seven. I was about pounds. to say, what's that thing weigh, man? Yeah. The the old joke of uh, a tuna boat, man. That is, my dad had a Lincoln Town Car. The, yeah, the, the big same one. Panther Panther platform, but they put the same motor in that one too. It's the uh, the um, what was it? The four six uh, dual overhead cam. Awesome motor. It takes premium though. It's expensive, especially how heavy it is. Here on Motormouth Radio, we are going to talk about car inspections. Bud uh, grew up in Chicago. You had car inspections in Illinois? No, we had the emissions test. But emissions. Once, if it's made uh, before 1996, do whatever you want. There's no, there's no inspection. There's no uh, emission control. Well, things changed here in Memphis in Shelby County uh, a number of years ago, and that also changed the landscape of what we see today and why we see what we see on 240. I call it the 240 Oval. Uh, and uh, why why we see some of the junk that we see on the roads, and uh, we're going to go into car inspections and why it's uh, probably in some places a good thing that they no longer have car inspections, and in other places it's a racket. It's a uh, it's a complete racket, and why Shelby County ended car inspections a few years ago, and I have a. a a theory of why maybe they should bring them back. We'll get into all this here on Motormouth Radio. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. You're listening to the first installment of Motormouth Radio on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. If you have a comment or a question, you can always text us on the Rick's Powder Coating text line. That is 683-0989. If you have an event coming up, a car show you want us to know about, events at Newstalk989.com. It's Motormouth Radio. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. Motormouth Radio with Ditch and Bud. He knows it doesn't matter what's under a hood. Only thing that matters is who's behind the wheel. <laughs> News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Oh, that kills me. The, the, uh, the Fast and the Furious has so many cringeworthy lines in it, but you can't not use it. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. This is Motormouth Radio. I see I was I was never interested in the Fast and the Furious series. They're up to what, nine, ten of those things now? Uh, well, and then you got like like Hobbs and something. Like I don't know. I, I I watch them. They're you know, they're they're escapist fun. You know you don't take them seriously and they don't take themselves seriously. I was so. always a and I am a fan of the just the old school and I know this is gonna sound like uh, old man stuff, but I love Cannonball Run. I loved all of the uh, 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 the 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 Burt Reynolds Cannonball Run, and then um, oh, smoking the bandit, smoking the bandit. Um, and you because, know, what, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I hate, I love pulling this one out. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, great movie! Yeah, it's great just a, it's a giant chase scene. The whole it's the all whole is, movie, the whole thing. That is, it's, that's a great one. God, I forgot about it. Yeah, Willie's in that one. Same yeah. color as mine. <laughs> I love it. That is a great one. And when they tried to reboot that, uh, I just, you know. It's, it's just not going to hit the same. No, not at all. So you're listening to Motormouth Radio here on News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis. And uh, we are the Motormouths. Here's the deal. Uh, this is a new show, something we're starting. When there's a few reasons why we want to do this. Because, A, Bud and I love cars. We have different reasons for our interest in cars. I, I just became a uh, very intrigued by the ability to identify stuff on my truck, why it was doing things that it was doing, uh, and just sought out knowledge of noises that I would hear. And so I'd do some, in, I'd, I'd get underneath there, I'd start uh, turning some wrenches, started collecting tools. Every time something else went wrong, I'd get a different tool. Uh, and I've done basically all of the things that I can do beyond replacing the motor. I mean, I've put in, you know, alternators. I've uh, gone into the dashboard and put in, uh, you know, the heater core. I've done all new AC stuff. I've put uh, 
Um, and I don't do this to brag. I say this because I learned it, and a lot of it was done incorrectly the first time. <laughs> it was expensive. So that's why I spent a lot of time uh, at the junkyard. Yeah, I, was, I was lucky enough to have uh, my, my uncle raising me to like learn a lot of this stuff. And then, I, of course, I went to uh, automotive training in high school. We had like a vocational school. And that was that was half my day in high school was going to automotive class. And that was the only cl- only class I got A's in. So, Bud, what do you and I know it sounds like I'm interviewing you, but this is really, <laughs> truly what what is it that you would say as somebody who is actually educated and trained in automotive repair? Would you say to somebody who is uh, just thinks that they can fix everything by watching a two, three, four minute YouTube video? Uh, I mean, I really would recommend some kind of formal trade, even if it's an intro course or something like that. But uh, I mean, it's hard to say there's just more and more information available online. So like, I can't really speak from the perspective of knowing nothing and then just learning Learning. off of the internet. Um, The advice I would have is if you want to get into this, you don't want to pay for formal education. You don't have the time, but it's just don't make your daily driver, your hobby car. Get a, mm-hmm. You get a different car for that because if you can take it apart, but you don't have to worry about putting it back together, you don't have to rely on it, then then you then go nuts, you know, and then, and of course, be safe when you take it on the road. Make sure it's make sure it's in it's in a drivable condition, but you don't have to um, you, you don't have to scramble to get it back together by a deadline. I used to, I tell people I, I went to Junkyard University. It cost me a buck to go into the junkyard. Yeah. And I would spend a couple hours taking their stuff apart. And learning how to get in and taking out something as basic as an alternator, uh, you know, maybe a harmonic balancer, things that uh, I don't have to worry if I screw up my truck, you know, I don't, I can't, because like you just said, that's my primary mode of transportation. So I would uh, spend a Saturday morning at the junkyard taking stuff apart and learning how to do it there. And then... Uh, and definitely get like a, uh, a core knowledge of how it's supposed to work. If you don't know what pistons are for or what the crankshaft does or what the transmission's supposed to do, like you're, you're starting, you're going in kind of blind. You at least need like a working knowledge of what these, what, uh, how, you know, what the engine's supposed to be doing and how it's doing it. Have a basic knowledge of what's on the outside first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, all the things that are attached to the, uh, to the, uh, to the engine and the motor first. All right, so let, let's get uh, to car inspections. We talked about what our first cars were. Bud, you still have yours. I, I don't. I mean, like I said, mine was uh, AMC Gremlin. Then I went to a Jeep Renegade. Uh, and then I went to a Subaru Brat. Oh. And, uh, again, my first three cars were all given to me by my dad because uh, uh, n- they, when I got them, none of them were in pristine condition. Trust me, they weren't. Uh, and especially the Subaru Brat because that was one of his farm vehicles. And it's like you need something to drive. still had drive, didn't it? Yeah. It they, was, all, they all do? That little thing, man. I beat the hell out of that thing. And, and Subarus it, will take it. Those things, that's one of my like top five brands. Yeah. Uh, again, we talked about, uh, you know, doing the uh, the reboot of movies. Reboot of cars, in a lot of instances, is a mistake. And when they brought back the Subaru Brat, I was like, okay, that's fine. But my memory of a Subaru Brat was just an old, beat-up little farm vehicle. The new one, when they came out with it, I don't even know if they're still uh, on the line, if it's even, uh, if the Brat is still in production. But when they did that, I, I don't think it is. But I'm still waiting for them to reboot the Jeepster. I don't care what anyone says. The Jeepster was so cool, and they, they there have been concepts for it like once a decade, and I just want them to put it. It's like a sports version of the Jeep, like like low to the ground. It's really cool. It, it, the, the, the concept they came out with in the 90s was really cool. I really Do you wish think they there's a market that. for that? Probably not, but I, I still want it. Got to be a convertible, though. Um, now, what do you think was the biggest... Uh, uh, I brought up the, I think it was a 94, 95 Mustang body. What do you think was the biggest mistake when when it comes to, when it, over the years, when it has come to cars and, and 
redesign of cars because there was a, a, a series of years with the Ford Mustang where they did some stuff to the bodies and it, the whole muscle car thing was gone. Right. It, it took Ford some work to get that back. Yeah, I don't. I I honestly, it's hard. It's hard to say like what were the biggest mistakes were. Um, you know, I. I don't really have any uh, have anything good, any good answer for that to be honest off the top of my head. Well, I mean, the, I, I the, love I, I'm I'm such a po- I have such a positive attitude towards cars. Like I always try to find a redeeming quality. I guess you know what? I'll go back to the Jeep Patriot. I don't like that. I just it it just it didn't feel like a Jeep. It felt like they just stuck the badges on it. What do you think about the new Ford Bronco? Um, I mean, they're fine. I I don't have it. I mean, they're they, they didn't have to call it a Bronco. I guess it could have been fine as is. Um, I drove one and it uh it rides fine. I, I got no I got no arguments. It didn't it didn't wow me. I didn't like freak out and have to get one, but I'm yeah. not one of those ones saying they never should have done that either. I I get it when you redesign stuff there you know there has to be some modifications to fit all the computers that we have now cuz the old Ford Bronco, the little box that was driving down the road, the Little the, uh, it was not little, <laughs> not the Ford Bronco. Excuse me. The yeah, yeah, the little one. The, well, the, the, that's the Bronco too. The Bronco yeah, the too. 80s. Yeah, yeah, I was a little guy. Uh, my, my my best buddies in high school. His dad had one of those, and uh, it was it was it was cool, man. And uh, it it was you know. I love those old Bron- the Broncos like the the ninety one where it was just this monster and the, the lift kits they make for them with the big you put the big wheels on them they look fantastic. You take that like they got that like cover off the back. So the new Broncos, I just, again, I, that's one of those. I'm like I said, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far to say it was a, it was a mistake. I think there is a market for it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm now, not going to, I wouldn't go out of my way to buy one, but yeah. I'm not going to, I don't, I'm never, I'm never one to be like, they never should have done that. Cause there's no, there was no shortage of cars. It's kind of weird to say that now because there is a shortage of cars. Now, as I get older, I want to go back to though. You have the cars that you, some of the cars that you were started with, uh, and I don't, and I, and I've found myself looking for some of those cars that I had like a, a CJ seven or primarily one. I've been looking for is a, a, a Cherokee mm-hmm. and uh, finding one that's that's not ridiculously priced that runs good that's not all beat up or rusty has been the problem that I've had but as I get older I, I'm finding myself wanting to go back to just those those cars that I had when I was growing up in in that simple fashion because that's the yeah. thing about well, ni- 1996 was when everything changed and that why was, is that? Uh, that? So that was when the government mandated that every car in the U.S. has an OBD2 port on it and it's the onboard diagnostic it's it's the way they regulate the emissions it's also when you have your um when your check engine light comes on that's how you check it and it it um kind of flatlined how uh how emissions are controlled in the country and how the onboard diagnostic is handled that's when computers started to take over the cars pretty Um, much (laughs) yeah so you know and that's that also you know with regards to inspections and automotive inspections shelby county did away with the, the inspection stations and you still see them they still actually i think they're using them for uh covid these, these were state-run right stations they were county run okay uh, but inspections were mandated i believe by the state but the counties had to run the stations so, so those em, those employees were um county, were county employees. employees yeah and so the shelby county said we don't want to pay for this anymore mm. uh we're going to do away with it well the minute that they did away with inspections in this city, uh, in this county, is when things started to go really wrong on the yeah, streets. I bet. Because you now people, you'll see cars driving around, zip-tied together, no lights. 
I, I can't believe that there are even a lot. That's actually, legally, I don't think they're allowed to do it, but they're, you know. the yeah, I saw a guy just yesterday, uh, his wheel was so badly out of balance, it was bouncing off the road. I was like, give that guy a wide berth, plenty of space, because he's, he's heading towards a disaster. <laughs> and I'm not going to be there when it happens. I was, uh, see, I was against, I was against uh, inspections for a while. I mm-hmm. lived in Virginia briefly, and uh, they had inspections, but they were, um, they were mandated by the state, but they were, um, handled by private shops, and it was it was you. all I, I heard so many horror stories oh, of being a lot in an of awful, collusion yeah. going on there, man. And, and you're like, you know, oh, you know, my tie rod's fine. Now nah, you're gonna need to fix that, man. It's gonna be three hundred bucks. And then it's like it's like you either have this guy do it, or you take it to another shop, pay them another thirty bucks or so for another inspection, and then just for them to tell you there's something else you have to repair. And it just it just it was it was going to the mechanic was not a pleasant experience ever in that state. Illinois didn't have anything like that. They had emissions. Your your check engine basically had to be off that's the story that the, was the, it. the fuel had to burn properly that was their their um uh criteria well here they did away with it and they said that it was um um as always in memphis there's always a financial component and they said you know there are people who who really can't afford a car if they aren't given the you know if they don't pass the test with a cracked windshield or a taillight's not working or something like that they don't have the money to go get it fixed well then they shouldn't be on the road right and, uh, and it's again what's the threshold the tiny crack in the windshield isn't really gonna be a hazard to everyone on the road or like a taillight being out and, and, and again a taillight isn't really an expensive repair no. but it's like it, it, that, that's the hard thing is how do you make the rules for these things well the other thing you have in memphis and you see a lot of this is cars people get in crashes and they don't get them fixed yeah and not a, a lot of dents still on the car just it's just barely hanging together and the and scary thing is like if it throws off the alignment now the driver has to like wrestle the wheel to keep it straight like those are people i don't want to be driving next to it's dangerous and, uh, in a future episode we're going to get into alignments we're going to get into uh, how important it is to keep your car repaired and repair your car for just that reason not and i'm going to go off about tires man your own safety <laughs> that is a big big deal so we yeah, got the, a lot the, the, the piece of advice i'll throw out there is uh um, tires are the only safety device that you pick out for your car. Like it's the, it's only, it's only safety device on the car that you're responsible for. So like take care of your tires. That's please. the one thing you are, you should take care of. That's right. Motor mouth radio. It's our first one in the books. So we want to hear from you again. The uh, email is events at newstalk989.com. If you have a, a upcoming car show, you want us to get on and talk about, we'd love to hear about it. You can also reach bud on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Twitter uh, at bud Motormouth. And Let me uh, hear from you. Uh, there's always the text line, the Rick's Powder Coating text line. That 683-0989. There it is. We'd love to hear from you on all fronts. Automotive, Motormouth Radio, this time every Saturday, or at least when there's not a football game. There is Tiger football coming up later this afternoon from uh, the Liberty Bowl, but this will uh, this will be our first one, man. I enjoyed it. I appreciate you uh, uh, sitting in, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun, bud. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it is. Motormouth Radio. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths on News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis.